Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. And this week we review the 2018 documentary Free Solo with Alex Honnold. We discuss one of the greatest human achievements caught on camera and if we use any part of the seat <laughs> to watch it. We talk about the harrowing and nail-biting free climb of El Capitan. We go to real-life romance corner and discuss Alex's relationship with his girlfriend. And we discuss, is there an ultimate achievement that could just satisfy all desires for further achievement? All this and more on Movies on the Side. This week, we reviewed the documentary movie Free Solo that came out in 2018. Free Solo starring, I don't know, I guess, I don't know, does a star star in a documentary or is it just like the subject? <laughs> I think this one, you could say there is a star, sure. Okay. The star of this documentary is Alex Honnold. That's how you say it, right? Honnold? Honnold. 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 So, being a documentary... You know, we'll still have a spoiler horn because this whole movie, the premise, is Alex Honnold. Whoa. What? <laughs> I think... What did I say? I think you needed the emphasis on the first <laughs> syllable. Alex Honnold. Like that? Yeah. Okay. Alex Honnold is a free climber. If you don't know what that is, it is someone who rock climbs mountain faces and cliffs with no safety cables no safety wires and so a free climber literally cannot make a mistake otherwise they fall to their doom that is the nature of free climbing or free soloing as the name of this movie uh, implies free solo so he in 2017 attempted to free solo el capitan which is the mountain face in yosemite national park some of you may still have it as your wallpaper on your mac because that was Mac OS El Capitan a few years ago. <laughs> so the you know there's only one spoiler in this movie is whether or not he actually makes it. And so we won't say that until after the spoiler horn. A quick Google search would reveal the answer if you want to spoil it for yourself. Well, let me give you the Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes, 97-93. Yep. 97 critic score, 93 audience. This movie won an Oscar for Best Documentary fe Feature. Did it? I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. I like documentaries in general. How do, you, how do you feel about documentaries? I like the idea of being someone who likes documentaries. <laughs> High praise for documentaries. You know, you know what I mean? Like, no, I there don't, are certain things in your life that when you picture the ideal version of yourself, you think, I want to be someone who wants to be to do that. Yeah, you want to want to like documentaries. I like, for example, I want to want to start my days at 6 a.m. with a warm cup of coffee, mm -hmm. uh, a good book, right. a little a little time, and then like exercise so that by 8 a.m. like I'm starting my day. Yeah, I get that. So documentaries, for the most part, I enjoy them yeah. after I watch them typically, but the activation energy in order to actually watch one when I could watch, you know. Kevin Hart and Dwayne The Rock Johnson <laughs> jump around. Uh-huh. Jump around. Usually, yeah. Get up to get down. I usually pick 
that movie over the documentary. I get but every time I scroll by the documentary section in the streaming service, I think, ooh, I've been meaning to, oh, I should probably... It's sort of like war movies as well. War movies and documentaries. Well, I, I love documentaries because I'm weird like that. And uh, my wife is closer to your side, but even farther, where she does not want to want mm. to watch documentaries. <laughs> she, uh, I think some documentaries enjoy. It feels like a really cerebral aspect of people that I respect for their, just like the way they live. They seem to watch more documentaries than me. I feel like watching a documentary is like reading a business or leadership book as opposed to reading a fiction book. And so, yeah. for, you know, I mean, that's not a stretch. That's basically that's literally exactly what it is. It's, it's like reading a nonfiction book over a fiction book. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's literally exactly. It's a one to one correlation. Anyway, this was a really well done documentary. I thought, you know, it was yeah. very interesting, very nail biting. And I'd like to talk about Alex Honold, Honold for a second. <laughs> I just don't know how to say his name. Alex so he's been free soloing for a while, mm-hmm. and his attempt to free solo El Capitan, this is something that was not ever done before. Mm-hmm. This is very dangerous, and obviously the whole practice of free soloing in general is very dangerous because the yep. risk of death is very high. Right. A lot of this movie is him talking to the camera about how he feels about things and his preparation for climbing El Capitan. The documentary alludes to this idea that something is different in the mind of Alex and people like him right. that cause him to need this extreme danger to feel anything. Like there's even this scene where they talk about they, they put his brain in an MRI and show him images where... Looking for the amygdala firing. Right. And they would show him like truly either horrific images or images that would elicit a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. And there's not really much activity at all compared to an average person. Right. You have no activation in your amygdala. Your amygdala works. It's just that it needs a much higher level of stimulation. Things that are typically stimulating for most of the rest of us are not really doing it for you. Couple that with scenes of his mom talking and I saw on the Wikipedia that his mom is the oldest woman to ever climb El Capitan also. She didn't do it free solo, but she actually climbed it. <laughs> with, wow. With ropes and cables, yeah. So she climbed it like in her 60s or whatever, which is crazy. But I think there's also a scene where his mom is like, everything was about accomplishment. Everything was about achieving. And maybe we said I love you once in his entire childhood. Mm-hmm. My mom's favorite sayings are, Prescott a compa almost doesn't count. Or uh, good enough isn't. Did you watch this with Jill, first of all? I did. What What were your guys' general feelings about his emotional capacity and attitude towards this thing that is very dangerous? I think it's fascinating. Yeah. Because everyone, we all, if you put our brains under an MRI, we would all have and maybe odd things about the way our brains fire. Like, there are just things that would be normal for some people. There would be an image that you would look at and get no emotional response to or that would hit you a lot more because of your past experience or the way that your synapses learn to fire. Mm -hmm. I found that fascinating. I think the thing that was the most interesting was this 
I love watching videos about people with a, a type of singular passion mm-hmm. or drive. And that thing, I can easily look at it and dismiss it and be like, okay, you're climbing a rock. This is the same thing with an athlete. <laughs> All right, you're, you're, winning a, you're winning a trophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of thing. Or uh, like a business executive. Oh, like you formed a company or you made X amount of money. Yeah. It's easy to kind of be like, well, at the end of the day, how important really is it? But if you let yourself for a moment, like grab onto that empathy wagon and just ride it for a second, you do see how all encompassing and inspiring a singular focus can be. Yes. And that's what I find so interesting about the way he does it. But he does it in a way that it has been his singular focus for so long. It's less of a, I must achieve this, yeah, you know, to make a name for myself and more like, I can't do anything else because this is just, yes, this is just my life. Like this is what I do. And this is what I like have to do in some ways. That is fascinating. And I think to myself, I don't think I've ever had anything like that. It's right. like watching the last dance documentary, but Michael Jordan, like <laughs> yeah. I have never been intense about one thing as much in my life as Michael Jordan has ever been about basketball. His drive and the idea that he is like compelled to do this, like you said, is fascinating. And I wholly believe he is not doing it for an audience or a crowd. Like he is not doing this to be popular on Instagram and post a selfie doing it. Like he is doing it because he has to. Right. Like in his in his mind and his brain, he has to do this because it's the only thing he knows to do. Pushing boundaries and challenging himself and doing something that he thought was, you know, maybe himself impossible. Right. I see more of that motivation in this documentary than just like, hey, I want to be on like the cover of People magazine. Oh yeah. So a lot of this documentary is him preparing, talking about the history, whatever his family you know, and towards the middle, three quarters through, we get to when is he going to attempt it? Because he has an entire film crew kind of waiting on bated breath to see when is he going to actually do it. And right. he's camping out at the bottom, waiting for the right morning where he feels like this is the one. Doing little pull-ups on the little grab bar. On his, <laughs> right, living in his van. van. And there's people there. Like, there's people wanting to see him attempt this, just random, random people. Right. And he wants, he doesn't want that. He doesn't want the people seeing him do it. Because he doesn't want people to see him die. Right. <laughs> right. He doesn't want his girlfriend to watch him. Right. And he gets it. We have to get to her in a second. But he, and he like gets up super early in the morning. And it was fascinating just to know, like, all right, I'm going to do it. And there's one time where he actually starts the attempt and abandons it. He says, like, no, right. it, it's not, today's not the day. And I was like, wow, that's something like to be committed enough to start up it and you go 20, 30 minutes, then you come back down. Right. That's amazing. And so any scene that they show him free climbing is absolutely nail biting. I don't know of any suspense movie that can even match the amount of edge of your seat Right. What is about to happen feeling of him holding on to like a half an inch ledge with four fingers. And it's just incredible. Like, I cannot believe this person is doing this. I'm going to do something that is extreme, extreme narrow casting. Uh, But I do have to say to my mother who listens to this podcast, 
this is not the movie for you. <laughs> I just want to let you know, you do not have to watch Free Solo. She does not like edges oh. and heights in movies. Yeah, this, this is, is not, not the, the one to watch. No, because no, it Listen is to my podcast. Thanks for listening, Mom. <laughs> Again, because the way they film it is excellent, and you really feel like you're watching them do this almost live, and it is harrowing. I really liked the discussion from Jimmy Chin, the yes. director, yes. talking about how he wanted to film it, and there was discussion about not putting a camera up above, not filming it from up above, right. because if he falls. There is just something about like watching the terror on a man's face, or, right. or maybe not terror. Maybe in his thing, it'd be like, "Oh shoot!" <laughs> that would be his As exact you fall reaction for yeah. six seconds. But yeah. he's Jimmy Chin says a line in this movie at some point in time, like the moral quandary of filming this, yes. knowing that at any moment he may drop out of frame, right. And you'll be there for it, and in some ways, complicit. Right. Like, by filming it, you are in some ways giving a blessing to this very, very, very dangerous behavior. It's hard to not imagine your friend, Alex, soloing something that's extremely dangerous, and you're making a film about it, which might put undue pressure on him to do something, and him falling through the frame to his death. I love how they throughout the movie show the path that he is drawing out and attempting to take. And, you know, Alex just has like this notebook that he's like scribbling in, but we see this beautiful graphical depiction of the path up the face of the mountain. And he has like two choices, two different paths he could take. And one of them even includes like a kick where he has to like kick off a wall and up. I just don't. The kind of practice it is Catherine Zeta-Jones through the wires kind of yes. level. Every move, every hold, he knows like left hand here, left hand here, right. right hand through, left leg kicks. He does this particular difficult part. One day with a rope, he just spends all day practicing this maneuver. Right. Like just at this one spot yeah. over and over and over again. It is really a testament to, he says it a lot that like, a very, very scary part, which it, he does say he does get scared and does have like a, oh, man. Yeah. He just does it a thousand times. Right. Until he's not anymore, until it's routine. Right. But also, he does practice runs before the free run. And right. the practice runs he's doing with wires. Yeah. And he falls a couple times yeah. as he's doing it. And, you know, for someone like me, I'd be like, nope. You can't do it. Like, there is a, you introduce the chance that you could fall. Right. And knowing that there is a chance you could fall and you couldn't do it perfectly, you would think, you would say, okay, well, this is not for me because right. if this happened during the actual run, I would be dead. Right. And that's not how his mind works. He just keeps going and it's wild. Let's go to Romance Corner yes. in a documentary. <laughs> yes. So the girlfriend's name is Sani McCandless. And this girlfriend is a big part of this whole documentary. She is also a climber. She will climb with him sometimes. But she is unnerved by the free climbing. And I think there's even a part where she talks about she is hoping that this is the last most dangerous climb that he will attempt. Which is, you know, you watch 30 minutes of this, you know, like, no, he is not ever going to stop doing any of this. No. 
Yeah. Okay. So, th- so this is tough because it's a real relationship. It's yeah. sort of going back to our Jeremy Camp review. No. It is is difficult to. I'll just give you my blunt thoughts. I watched it and I thought, okay, when was this film? Twenty seventeen. They're probably not together anymore. Yeah. Like that was my honest, legitimate thoughts. At some point in time, he says a quote, which she and him must have a special kind of relationship because I think he says to her like, or maybe to the camera, well, if I die, like, yeah, you say you're going to be crushed or whatever, but it's fine. Like you'll just find another guy and be happy. And like, right. it'll be cool. <laughs> yeah. Like if I perish, like it doesn't matter. Like you'll find somebody else. Like that's not, that's not that big a deal. That is the most bluntly callous thing to say, but right. also like super blunt. And he also, I feel like a, once or twice says climbing is priority right you know like i love you you're great love being together but the number one thing in my life is climbing. like literally like he literally says that to her and i guess she has to be okay with that which i feel like i don't know in the back of her mind surely she can't just be cool with that but i guess she pushes past it because she loves him like i will always choose climbing over over a lady let me give you a quote from this movie. This is what Alex Honnold says. My friends are like, oh, that'd be terrible. But if I kill myself in an accident, they'll be like, oh, that was too bad. But like life goes on, you know, like they'll be fine. I mean, and I've had this problem with the girls a lot, you know, they're like, oh, I really care about you. I'm like, no, you don't. Like if I perish, like it doesn't matter. Like you'll find somebody else. Like that's not, that's not that big a deal. I also read, just as a point of information, he's like anti-religion type atheist. Like, he is very much... So, he's got the, the, this is the one life and then it's done, so... Right. And so, honestly, having the idea that it doesn't matter makes sense. Like, that totally plays into that. Like, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, his purpose in life as he sees it is to free climb mountains. Right. And if he dies doing that... Well, that was the closest to having a purpose as possible. So, right. yeah, exactly. it makes sense. Now, there is a scene where they're climbing together and his girlfriend like falls and I think hits him or something. And he's he's injured for a little while. Oh, he gets that like little compression in his disc. Yeah. I thought, well, this is the end of the relationship. You have done and and potentially hurt his climbing career. He will never forgive you. Right. That's what I thought. But no, they, they keep going. It's a type of relationship that like honestly doesn't play on screen, which is probably what all of our relationships would look like if you were to like put a camera in front of us, people would be like, oh, yeah, huh, that's interesting. It, but <laughs> it seems to work for them. I think they're both getting what they want out of the relationship, but uh, it is definitely watching their relationship together. It's sort of like, oh, she's a great companion for him while he does what he wants to do in his life. Right. And I would say that is cool if she's cool with it if she's cool with it, yeah <laughs> and if and not if she's not having the girlfriend in the van is awesome i mean she's, she's cute and small and like livens the place up a bit doesn't take up too much room there's a scene when they are looking for houses and he has not ever bought a house i think he lived in a van for two years of his life prior to <laughs> probably has more money than he knows what to do with oh absolutely but 
as they are like looking for these houses, it is interesting to see him like palpably uneasy with the idea of literally committing and settling to living in a house with her just for a long time. Like of all the things that make him nervous, it looked like that made him the most nervous throughout this movie. The, The like his food regimen. Oh my word. Is freshman in college level, but he's also a vegetarian or something. But I, it's very uh, utilitarian, I would say, almost. Oh, absolutely. Of just like, listen, I need calories in order to function. <laughs> there is no enjoyment from food. It's just like, yeah, this is fine and good. He's almost like a robot saying, like, need energy, <laughs> so he just does it and yeah, right. Spoiler horn. <laughs> Because I want to talk about the moment that he actually summits. So he attempts it. He gets up. Does this movie get released if he dies during the climate? That was my, yeah. When you were talking about the director and his feelings, I'm like, I feel like you can't make a documentary of it. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't think you do, right? Because his death would be all over the news, just like his summiting would be all over the news. And to release the documentary, it's like... It'd be like TMZ footage at that point in time. Well, that yeah, be. or like World Star or whatever. And this, like, it's it would be a documentary of his death, and that would be pretty somber. Yeah. So no, I don't think you make it. He does. He summits it, and so it's it's incredible to see him do it. He gets up super early. He does it in like record time, the fastest anyone could possibly do it. He's the first one to do it, so it's you know. But he sets a crazy fast record. Uh, faster than expected. That map going up w- with the time. Yes. Beautiful, like a UI almost on top of the screen showing you his progress. Yes. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's almost like the, uh, what was it, the Argonauts? The Aeronauts that we watched yes, on Amazon? Yes, exactly. Like yes, yes, yes. He gets to the top. I forget. Did he call his mom or his girlfriend? <sighs> I don't, I don't remember. remember. The moment at the top is the most emotion we ever see on Alex's face and him express. It is a moment of joy that I can honestly say never once saw that level of emotion from him in the entire documentary. <laughs> and it's kind of incredible to see what it does to his mind. Right. Like to his brain to achieve that thing. And then also how fleeting it was. Yep. And how quickly he's just like back to normal. And yeah. like, okay, well, back to the van. Did that, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of at a risk of crying here too. I'm like, I feel quite emotional. <laughs> we haven't done a whole lot of like movie reviewing, which we sh- we need to speak more of the actual documentary because I would say, as far as documentaries go, the feat itself so impressive and gripping, and like you said, suspenseful. The the actual finishing it, I am relieved that the climb is over because I don't have to watch it anymore. Because there's part that's just kind of painful yeah. because you can only be watching in suspense for so long before your mind just is like, <laughs> I'm ready for you to yes. just like end it one way or the other, cl- clip in and call <laughs> yeah. it a day, <laughs> clip in and call it a day, sort of thing. Yeah, getting to the top based on who he is, which I think you have to be that way in order to free solo el capitan yeah does make the emotions that he experiences at the end not quite enough for me to be along with him at that moment Mm. because as the audience i'm trying to like be in his shoes which is so hard because 
Oh, yeah. It's, he's such a different person than me. Yeah. And he's doing something that I have no reference for. <laughs> doing some, Yeah, doing something I have no reference for. I think I have more appreciation for rock climbing now. Mm-hmm. But even then, like I feel worlds apart from it. Yeah. But at the end, picturing what I would be like, I would sink to my knees and just bawl like a baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would cry and pee my pants at the same time. <laughs> and I would just like, I'd be kissing the ground yeah. and praising God by lifting my hands. <laughs> yeah. And just like, I would call everyone that I knew like, hey, Nate, I haven't heard from you since high school. Let me tell you what I just right. did. <laughs> you would post on every social media platform and... Yeah. Right. And his reaction, while is the most emotion we see from him, is like, you know, me running five miles in a row. Like, that's the kind of joy that I would feel for doing that. It's so subdued. And there's a little bit, like you said, I don't know, not hollowness entirely, but a little bit of like, that was great. Let me take some time off now and figure out what I'm going to do next in my life. And it kind of gave me a sinking feeling of like, yes. Oh, right. This isn't like the pinnacle of your life. It may be. It may be the pinnacle of your life. But for you, it's just like a two-year-long quest or whatever that you completed. And now you're off to find a new quest. So delighted. So there is a term having to do with drug addiction called chasing the dragon. Yeah. And it's the idea that you feel a high or you have an experience in one of your earlier experiences with drugs, and you try to recreate that experience, which usually means you have to have more drugs or stronger drugs to achieve that feeling. And that's what they call chasing the dragon. Right. That's how I feel at the end of an escape room. <laughs> right. So I feel like as amazing as this accomplishment is, and yes, kudos to him. This is a lot of work. This is not, I am not comparing chasing the dragon in the world we of drugs. We have done, to right, this. right. Yeah, this is not, yes. Not a drug drug addiction. But but there is that element of when he is done and he has summited El Capitan and he just goes back, you have that feeling in the back of your mind that he is having that feeling of, okay, if this was the pinnacle of my accomplishment in my life, that means the rest of my life I will feel like there's, I can't do anything to feel that again. And there would be this like emptiness from that. Well, because he's not the kind of person where, for example, if this was the pinnacle of his life, if this was the pinnacle of my life, if I peaked at age 32, yeah, I think there is, if all I wanted was comfort and satisfaction in this one life I get to li- live, I think I could find enough Epicurean ways to spend my fame and money to be like maybe it wouldn't last me the rest of my life but i feel like at least i would be able to milk it for about 10 years of just like oh this is great i will take all my fame and accomplishment i'll do my book tour i'll do my whatever right like enjoy all this that is not alex honnold no this is a man at least in this documentary that i saw would not, I think, enjoy the fame and celebrity and maybe additional money of a feat like this. No, because he just wants to live in his van. He doesn't need... He doesn't need more money. And he doesn't really want the fame. He wants to climb by himself. So you get that feeling. And so when when it comes to talking about the making of this documentary and, and the quality of it... Jimmy Chin. 
Jimmy Chin and the whole crew in making of this documentary do an amazing job of telling his story because I feel like while I can't empathize with his feelings, I can I can understand his approach and why I think he feels what he feels and the drive. And then also that feeling at the end where it's like a little bit of a, huh, he accomplished this great thing, but it's still not, you know, satisfying for more than two minutes. And to his credit, he doesn't expect it to be. Right satisfying i think it would be actually truly sad if he got to the top and had the like this is it this is everything i ever wanted that's true but he 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 doesn't have that viewpoint he he truly has a and it's probably not sad for him or as sad for him it's just like okay cool that was amazing time to like think about what the next thing will be yeah also his friend tommy caldwell yes of the other like really great climber yes i think he was one of my favorites like i really felt like oh man <laughs> that guy seems awesome yeah, like to kind of like help him come out and train but also he had he was the uh the voice of i would say like normal human yes who kind of would say some lines every once in a while it's like yep preach it tommy i'm with you <laughs> yes i was glad he was there to kind of offer like the yeah the normal right the norm <laughs> approach well nate let's rate this movie all right on a scale of zero to five finger holds. <sighs> zero to five finger holds. I will give Free Solo four finger holds. Yep. Four out of five. It is honestly breathtaking at times. Yeah. It is beautifully shot. It deserved to win an Oscar for Best Documentary Feature. It is fascinating. The person of Alex Honnold is he is like no one I've ever seen before. Yeah. It really is good. I recommend watching it with people that you love. Yes. With family, with friends, because the conversations it brings up are really, really fun. Yes. Like, I think a good documentary leaves you talking and discussing. And we definitely, Jill and I, discussed for quite a while after watching this movie. Because yes, you try to put yourself in his shoes, and it's so hard. It's a stretch to even think about it that way. But I really liked it as a movie. I'm not sure if I ever would want to watch it again. No. But it was a good one-time view. Yeah, absolutely. Like most things are. Because of my love for documentaries, I'm going to give this a 4.5 finger holds. I think mm. if you don't typically like documentaries, this is the one to try because I think it's a great first step into documentaries. And also it's done super well. It is about an incredible accomplishment and you get this balance of both the thing he's doing and learning about the guy himself. And it's really interesting. Four and a half finger holds. Steven, we did not talk about his hands. <laughs> That's a good point. It has to be the the top comment on this YouTube video of Alex Honnold breaking down these uh, rock climbing scenes that I am about to send to you. Uh -huh. The first comment is, he looks like he's wearing hands on his hands. <laughs> this is no joke. I at first thought this must be some sort of, you know how Michael Phelps has like a slightly longer torso because yes. he's like part shark yes. and you think, oh, it gives him an advantage. At first I thought, oh, just genetically, he must have these like really meaty is the best way to put it. Hands like I've never seen before. Yes. And then 
I think throughout it, somehow realized, no, this is a man whose hand muscles are stronger than any hand I've ever seen and probably has the kind of calluses and like throughout like all sides of his fingers, he has probably less sensitive or like stronger, more powerful skin than we have on any part of our body. Yeah. And I just have to say like, it stuck out to me over and over again in free solo. I looked at his hands like, what is, is he where? <laughs> yes. Are those his, Sure enough, that's just like a lifetime of climbing and like your his hands are his tools. Yeah, absolutely. I have paintbrushes. He has the strongest, most probably like he could probably take one finger and just be like, yeah, I'm gonna hold my body up. Yeah. And like there's the one part in the climb when there's just like a crack in the mountain and he has to like shove both of his hands. Yeah into the crack and this basically all that's holding him up is like his hands <laughs> yeah they are like incredible man i'm looking at this shot and it is just terrifying steve and i have one thing yes if this is too personal you do not have to keep this in the podcast okay here we go uh-huh. steve and i have a question for you a personal question after watching free solo comma you are a man who is driven very performance driven very uh excellence driven mm-hmm comma as you watch this movie does it make you more inspired to achieve or does it actually give your achievement personality pause because you see its final end which could be falling off of a giant cliff it gives me pause. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it gives me pause especially against watching him summit and then feeling that even this is not enough. It gives me pause to think about, okay, what is it in my mind that I feel like if I do this, it would be, I could rest. And honestly, there is not a thing like that. Right. You know, this, Alex, you know, some of the comments about it is like, this is the most incredible achievement. uh, Yeah, incredible human achievement. Exactly. Yeah, and it is. I mean, it's incredible. And so if even that, is not satisfying. And even, I don't know. I, even I would, an EGOT. Yeah, even an EGOT. Well, no, nah, I'd go for an EGOT. <laughs> you know, then I could die happy. But uh, yeah, it, it gives me pause. It gives me pause. And, and to realize like, okay, what, you know, watch the gauge and make sure it doesn't go too far into obsession and pathological drive and make sure that you stay away from that side of the gauge. Uh-huh. And there is the balance of a good amount of motivation and drive can help you get a lot done and achieve certain things. But yep. don't chase the dragon. Don't let the gauge go too far into the, you know, forsaking everything else for this one thing. That is not worth it. Got it. Listeners, tell us what you thought. At Movies on the Side on Instagram. Comment. Let us know. Don't forget to check out our bonus episodes, one every week. You can click support the show in show notes or go to mots.fm and click the support the show button there. Any amount will get you access to our entire library of bonus episodes going back episodes and episodes. I forget how many there are. There's lots of them. A lot. So you can enjoy those. Yeah, there's a lot. Enjoy those there. And if you have not yet, we would appreciate a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts that would help us out and be discovered by more movie lovers like you. And as we always say, let's hope for a low gravity day. (laughs) Yeah.